Can I ask everybody to stand up? Everybody ready for Sunday? Say, I'm ready. Very good. If you could take your phone out real quick, if you take your phone out. Uh, based on that last video we saw, we want to say hello to all the campuses, by the way. Let me say hello to all the campuses and all the people in the military around the world who are watching. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Um, every year we put on Toys for Joy. It's, we've been doing it since before we started the church. If you're new, we are 19 years old. Our 20th anniversary is coming up in February. Uh, but we've been doing Toys for Joy for 22 years. We started uh, before the church. And... Um, we have an opportunity to raise money for Toys for Joy by, by sign up with Express Feedback. Every time you give feedback to Express Feedback about some, a service that you have in the community, whether it be um, uh, Starbucks, Target, your car dealership, it has a whole list of hundreds of um, uh, companies and restaurants that you can give service to. And it's, it takes you about 45 seconds to do it. And every time you do it, $2 goes to Toys for Joy and 100% goes to buy a toy. We've so far since last Sunday uh, raised $25,000. Come on now, come on now. That will buy 2,500 toys. We give toys for 10 bucks. So we, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. So our goal is $100,000 to get 10,000 toys. And so if you can text toys to 52525, text toys to 52525. It'll send you a little application. It'll literally take you 45 seconds to sign up and then every day, wherever you go, um, just or you just sit there and think about a whole bunch of places you've been to, what you think of them. It, it could be something from Fiji Water to a company, to a business. Um, um, and so we really appreciate it. Movie theaters, etc. etc. Amen? And none of your information will go anywhere. God bless you. Okay? Let's get on our knees. Now I know every week I tell you that this is the most important service of your life. Amen. I'm not going to say that today. I'm not going to say that today. But it will be important. Lord, we are on our knees before you. We acknowledge your presence, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge that you are our helper. You guide us uh, in everything we do. Uh, you live inside of us. You fill this room. You speak to us with your small, still voice. So I pray that you encourage us today as we learn how to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, you better get ready. Okay, I'm going to beat you to the punch. Say word. <laughs> One more time, kick your Bibles out and say word. Okay, so we're going to pray today. So just put your Bibles on your lap. We're going to read a lot of verses, but it's going to be too much for you to turn to. Um, but please get your lesson plan out. It's a little white piece of paper. Your lesson plan. It's in your bulletin. There you go. Waving in the air like you just don't care. <laughs> okay. Please get a pen out or something to write with. In the month of June, I was uh, on an airplane witnessing to a flight attendant, and she said to me, before you pray for anything on earth, you need to get a verdict in the courtroom of heaven. I told you this story five weeks ago when we started the series because that statement by that flight attendant spurred me to develop this sermon series because when she said it to me, the Holy Spirit said, you need to learn what that means. 
So over the last five weeks or so, we've been learning about the courtrooms of heaven. If you're new and you haven't been here, I'm going to give a high-level overview today. But I, but I encourage you to go get the sermon series and listen to each one. Because we talked about all the different parts of, at least several parts of the courtroom. There's other things that we didn't get to. But, um, but the whole point is, how do I pray with effectiveness? And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to bring it all together and give you a format to pray. Uh, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray and he, and he said what, what we call the Lord's Prayer, which isn't the Lord's Prayer, but we say it, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a structure or format of themes to pray. It is not, don't recite that. He's given us themes uh, praising God and confession and intercession, which is praying for other people, or petition, praying for yourself. And, uh, and, and so what we're going to do is I created this acronym called OSIPA, which is a structure which we teach on how to pray. It is just a format. There's no one way. The most important thing about prayer is that you have communication with God. And probably the most important forgotten aspect of praying is listening to God. God has more important things to say to you than you have to say to him. Nothing you say to him is going to be newsflash to him. There's never a breaking news sign in heaven. <laughs> but it is to us. And so the most important thing about prayer is this back and forth with God, that God is responding to you and revealing how much he loves to you. And we talked about uh, a few weeks ago a series called uh, Being a Prophet that um, uh, we have to be able to hear the voice of God. So what we're going to do today is we're going to walk you through how to operate in the courtroom of heaven by the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your daily prayer life. Now, what I'm going to give you and what you're in your lesson plan is a format. It, it is a courtroom for, prayer format, but it's just structure. It's a guide. It is not a formula. What I mean by formula, a formula is one plus one is two. That's a formula, okay. A, a structure is and a guide is just kind of going this direction. And it will be more clear when I, once we get into it. Now, let me go through AWCPA, right? AWCIPA or SIPA in this courtroom prayer format. At the top of it, it says AWCIPA. Those are five words that are five themes. If you can get this, your prayer life will be so much more powerful. It is, it is more important for us than to God for us to focus on a theme at a time. Sometimes if you're praying, uh, you, dear God, give me this, I, uh, forgive me for this, pray for that person, you, you're lost. You're just spouting stuff out. Versus saying, Lord, I'm going to spend time, letter A, admiring you or thanking you or praising you. So we're going to do that in a minute. All you're going to do is thank God and, and tell him how awesome he is. Now the reason that is, is because you want to lift God up in your heart and make sure that he is on the throne and you are not. So we're going to do that in a minute. And then the next thing we do is we wait, uh, which is we listen. And you're going to listen all throughout. That's a key thing. You always want to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Luke chapter 12 verse 11 talks about when Jesus said when they, when they bring you to the magistrate, he's talking to his disciples, when they start to persecute you, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you in that very hour what to say. God, the Holy Spirit will speak to you as you pray. That's, the, that's, the, that's probably the most important thing you need to get as the Holy Spirit speaks to me. That's why I wanted you to get your pen out because God's going to say something to you. So the first thing we do is all simple is A, we lift God up. Thank God I praise you and we're going to do that in a minute. Then we wait, be still and know that I am God. We're going to do this. 
The next letter is C, confess. What's the sin in your heart? The sin in your life. How many of you know you got sin in your life, stuff you need to confess to God? Raise your hand. Really high, really high, really high, really high, really high. Keep your hand up. Look like we're worshiping. This is a great worship posture, right? Okay. By the way, keep your hand up. When you worship, keep your hand up, please. When you worship, you're saying, Lord, my hands are clean, and if they're not, please cleanse them. So next time you're worshiping, you're like this, know you're in confession. You're acknowledging him. Please keep your hand up just for a second. I'm just, it's, not, it's only been about 20 seconds, okay. Uh, Look around the room. You're not alone. You're not alone. Okay. If you can spend, hold, hold, keep your hand up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's only been 30 seconds. If you, if you could spend time in confession, your heart will be clean. You can put your hands down. Some of y'all need to work out. That was only like 45 seconds. My goodness. The letter I, the next thing is intercede, pray for other people. And then the letter P in Orsippa is petition, pray for yourself. Notice that we're, we come last, asking for something we want is last. And I'll tell you why when we get there. And then the last thing we do um, is we thank God again. We praise him. Okay. We're going to go through this in a minute. Now, what is this, what is this all about? We want to pray and use that structure in the courtroom. Now, here's the courtroom. You have a judge. God is the judge. You have the mediator, Jesus, who's right at the right hand of the Father. And then the Bible says we are seated at the right hand in Christ. Right here. That's good news. Can I get amen? So you're praying from here, right? And then you have the blood of Jesus that speaks forgiveness. And if you get, I'm giving you this overview we've been going through over the last month. The Holy Spirit who is going to guide us through prayer. We're going to see in a minute, we're going to be asking the Holy Spirit, what do I say? What do I need to confess? How do I need to confess? Then we have the book, which is God's prophetic testimony of who we are, what our life is. How he's created us, what he's doing in our life, what he wants to do through our life. And so when we pray, we're going to go through the courtroom and get and, 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 and secure verdicts. We're going to cleanse ourselves, empower ourselves so our book can be fulfilled. Who is this? This is the accuser, the devil. He has legal right to challenge us. We saw last week, he will challenge you. You know all that sin you just said you have in your life? That's what he's bringing to the court saying, I know what they do too. Here's my, my legal accusation against all those people and everything they raise their hand. God, what's up with this? That's why we got to have confession and say, so we can throw these out. And so this happens all the time, every day. So what we're going to do is we're going to first look at A. Look in your notes at the letter A. And we're going to talk about just praising God. Remember, if you can do this one letter at a time, when you're driving home today, walking home, on the bus, whatever it is, just do one letter. Say, spend your whole ride home just t- telling God how good he is. And what you're going to notice is how good or bad you are at acknowledging how good God is. Because if you say, dear God, thank you for my, uh, thank you for my car. Uh, thank you that it's sunny. Thank you I live in San Diego. <laughs> and God's like, really? That's all you give me credit for? Okay, look what it says. Judge, God is a judge. He judges us fairly in your notes. He is a mediator. He gives us access. The Holy Spirit is our helper. My book is God's prophetic testimony. And so what we're going to do is we're going to thank God for that. I'm going to pray and I want you to recite out loud. All the campuses, I want you to recite out loud what I say. Okay? Okay? 
Say amen. amen. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Say, dear God, thank you that you are a fair judge. Psalm 89.14 says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Jesus, thank you that you give me access as my mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says that you raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are my helper. Romans 8, 26 to 28 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for. As we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Thank you that I have a book. The prophetic testimony of my kingdom purpose. It is what God has declared over my life. Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Just take a moment and wait and let the Holy Spirit minister to you and affirm that God is good. Say, Holy Spirit, guide me through the courtroom. Holy Spirit, what am I being accused of? Speak to my heart. Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Look in your notes. Confess or agree. After we've praised God and we listen to God all through, we're going to confess or agree. What does this mean? Is that you're going to say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, tell me what is he accusing me of? Now listen, the first thing you do is you praise God and you acknowledge the court. And, and, and the reason this is helpful for me anyway, it's a visual. And if you can in your mind visualize yourself here, here, in Christ, Jesus is all over you. 
When the Father sees you, he sees you through Christ. The blood of the Lamb has covered you. You're praying from here so God loves you. He's not mad at you. You're not coming condemned. And you're saying, Father, thank you that you judge righteously. Thank you for my access. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding me. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for my book. Thank you for your faithfulness. Yes, okay. Now, what is he accusing me of? So I can confess it. I don't want to come here with blood on my hands. I don't want to come here with lust and pride and ego on my hands. I want to come here and say, Lord, I want, to, I want to break all my contracts. Last week we talked about taking all these contracts. Every time you sin, you have a contract with the devil, an agreement to trust him. We want to take these and we want to throw them out. And so look in your notes. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. The blood of the lamb is they, they said, Lord, I'm going to break all my agreements with the devil. I'm going to break all my agreements. So on your own, you could fill in that blank. Jesus, forgive me for what? I declare the blood of the Jesus over what? In other words, forgive me for my, my pornography, my cursing, my lack of giving. I'm not in a D group. And by the way, I'm not saying it's a sin, but if God calls you to be in, a, in accountability, get in accountability. If God calls you to go to church, go to church. Stop, stop cutting corners. God, forgive me for being lazy. Forgive me for not being disciplined. Forgive me for not giving whatever it is. Just forgive me. Okay? And then claim the blood of the lamb over it. Then it says, establish a contract or agreement with your book. Lord, I want to break my agreement with him and I want to establish my agreement with you. And then, Lord, I will do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay my life down to obey you. This is confession. Okay? So I want you to think... What do you, what do you want to, what agreement do you want to break so God can cleanse it from you? Again, we haven't asked for anything yet because you want to break all those agreements and come to God clean. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Out loud, say, dear God, I break all agreements with the evil one. All my sin represents contracts with the devil. I denounce those contracts. I claim the blood of Jesus over that sin. Cleanse it from me. Renew my mind. Clarify my mind. I establish agreement with my book. Your testimony on my life what you have declared me to be. And Lord, I surrender myself to you. I will do whatever it takes to obey you and submit to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing you do is you say, God, I want to lift you up and thank you. You could do that a million ways. Then you're listening, Lord, what are you saying to me? Lord, what am I being accused of so I can confess it? Y'all raise your hand before we even pray so the Holy Spirit has already revealed to you or common sense has revealed to you what you need forgiveness for. Try driving home today on the bus and spend the whole time asking God to forgive you. Just do that. Man, God, forgive me for my thoughts. Forgive me for my words. Forgive me for my attitude. Forgive me for the thought I just had about my thoughts. <laughs> Forgive me for what I did yesterday. 
forgive me for what I did today. Forgive me for the thought I just had about what I did yesterday and today <laughs> and how I think it was right, but it was justified because you know, you know how bad they were and I was just, but, but forgive me for all that right now. You, you can't even get two sins before you got to go back and forgive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Forgive me for the fact that I can't stay focused on what I'm asking you to forgive me of. <laughs> You're going to notice and, and when you do that, pay attention to what he's doing in your heart. And if you can... Walk with the Holy Spirit in real time and keep breaking those contracts saying, I denounce my agreement with him. And if you weren't here last week, every time you sin, you agree to listen to the devil, then God. It's an agreement. You have to break that agreement. And after you do that, then you intercede is pray for other people. Say intercession. In the Bible, in Job chapter 1, the Bible says Job was a righteous man. He feared God and shunned evil. He gave evil the Heisman. And he, and he was a godly man. He had godly kids. And when his kids, his ten kids came together and had parties, Job would go to God and said, my kids had a party and they were having merry. It may be that they sinned God in their hearts. So he prayed for his kids based on the sin they may, may have committed. Look what it says in your notes. This is, this is how we pray for other people. It says, Holy Spirit, what is Jimmy, John, my son, my daughter, my cousin, my neighbor being accused of? In other words, what sin are they being accused of and what is in their book? I want to pray that you, you fulfill your plan in their life. Holy Spirit, show me what the Father is doing in their life. This is a, a very important discipline that you pray for other people. Remember, the first thing we did is we thanked God then we waited and listened. Then we asked God to forgive us. And watch this, watch this. I thank God. I lift him up. I ask him to forgive me for my sin. I lift him up even higher. And now I'm going to pray for other people. I'm going to put others before me. Look what happened. Look what's happening to you. <laughs> You're being humbled before God. And guess what's going to, I mean, we're not going to get there. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But it's when you're down here. That's where power happens. <laughs> when you're up here walking around like this, that's when weakness happens. God lifts up the humble, but he casts down the prideful. Okay, so we thank God always. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Anytime you're in public and you're going to pray together, first thing, dear God, thank you. Don't start your prayers with, yo, Lord, you know, here's what I want. <laughs> Lord, thank you. Okay, so let's all bow. Let's pray for somebody. Say, dear God. Say, dear God. I pray for blank. Yeah, you can say blank. God knows who blank is. It's a blank on a piece of paper. I pray for that blank. Say, I pray for blank. Lord, you know what they're being accused of. I claim the blood of the lamb over them. I pray you draw them close to you. I know you love them. Draw them close. Give them a desire to seek you. Open their eyes to your plans for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, again, how long can you pray for other people? And are there people in your life you can't pray for because you don't like them? I had a person in my family that I was, had a, with, and I was crying out to God. 
for relief from this. And God said, I want you to love her. And I said to God, I don't like her. And he went, what's that got to do with it? I said, okay. Okay. Who's that person in your life? Love them. Guess what happens? You praise God. You confess sin. And then you go to pray for somebody else and you got an attitude and now you got more sin. <laughs> but you say, okay, God, okay, God, I, I can't do it without you. Obviously, that's what prayer is for. And, you, and then now you're like this and you're saying, Lord, I'm going to pray for them. And Lord, and this person, oh gosh, that person, that person. <laughs> please, please bless them. Are y'all following me? So, so what happened was you came in the room and whatever attitude you had, you come to court and you say, I, my D group, I ask my D group every single time we meet, did you go to court? Did you go to court? So every day you go to court, wake up, I'm going to court. I literally say out loud, I'm going to court. And I come to court, Holy Spirit, and I said, and then I said, Holy Spirit, guide me. Thank you, God, for being a righteous judge. Thank you, uh, Jesus, for giving me access. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the book. Thank you for the blood. Angels, thank you. By the way, we didn't get it to angels. You got angels. Okay. And then pray for other people. And then say, and then you pray, you confess sin. Lord, am I, what am I being accused of? I already know a bunch of it. So please forgive me. Claim the blood over it. And by the way, whatever the devil's saying, I just clean the blood over all this, brother. Everything. And then you lift God, you confess, you pray for other people, you humble yourself, pray for other people, and check your heart to see who the people you can't pray for. That's on you. No matter what you think they did, that's on you. And now you pray for yourself. And look what it says. Petition. Holy Spirit, what is in my book? Holy Spirit, what has the Father declared over my life? What does he want to do in me, which is your mandate? And what does he want to do through me? The most important thing God is doing is in you. He wants you to be like Jesus. How many of y'all are married in all the campuses? Just raise your hand if you're married. I'm going to give you a little marriage tip. Okay, a little marriage tip. Here's the, here's the marriage. I, I, I hate that we use the word scam. It's a trick. Okay. When you meet your spouse, they're perfect. They're like, they're beautiful. You get along. You have fun. You laugh. Ah, you're all silly constantly. Then you get married. You go on honeymoon. And then you spend, you live together. And then you, then you have a baby or maybe not or whatever. And then you start to see, wait a minute. <laughs> I ain't see that. Oh, whoa, 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 wait. I didn't know you didn't like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you realize you have nothing in common. <laughs> I mean, I, when I say nothing, I mean you realize that you are opposite. Can I get an amen? But you didn't see that when you were dating. God blinded you because he didn't want you to know because you would have never got married. <laughs> and you're like, here's why. I mean, I, this, is, this is just my theory. I'm, I'm not saying this in the Bible. Because God wants you to be holy, not happy. Let me say it differently. God is more interested in you being holy than happy. The devil says you deserve to be happy, so when you're not happy, leave. God said, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not the whole point. Why? 
I love my wife. My wife loves me. We are opposite in so many ways, like diabolically opposite. And the only, <laughs> diabolically. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I love being around a lot of people. She don't want to be around like two people. I, I, there's a whole long list I can't get into right now, but we're diabolically opposite. We did not know that, right? The only way we are 35 years together is that we have learned to, we, we <laughs> the only way, <laughs> it, the only way that we are 35 years together is that we learn to serve each other. That's what makes you holy. When it comes to petition, Lord, what's in my book? The first thing you want to ask is, God, what are you doing in me? How do I need to be more like Jesus? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Let me ask the question a different way. Lord, how, can, how do you want me to be more like Jesus? Do you want me to be more patient? Yes. Loving? Yes. Graceful? Yes. Forgiving? Yes. Thankful, yes. Generous, yes. Consistent, well, God, is there anything I'm not supposed to, that I already got down? No, you need it all. But, 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 the, point is, but, the, point is, but the point is that you want to ask God, when you ask God, God, when you're praying for yourself before you get to ask for Mercedes. You ask God, God, what are you, what are you doing in my heart? What are you going to do in me and what are you going to do through me? What God wants to do in you is first. What God wants to do through you is second. And what's in this book, we always ask for things. But before we ask for things, we have to have the heart of God. So imagine coming to, to, the, to the courtroom and you praise God. You confess your sin. You get your hands clean. You pray for other people. And now you are in the right position to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say about your book. Because if your heart's not right, if you come before God in fear or, or guilt or, or, or anger, you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit when he says to you, God wants to do this in your life. It's going to be too big. Or God wants to do this in your life. You won't receive it. You won't be able to have the faith. God, you're saying, Lord, I want a Mercedes. And God says, no, I have a bicycle for you. And if you don't trust God, you're not going to buy the bicycle. And if you don't buy the bicycle, you're not going to ride down the street every day and have your calves get big. And then you're going to, and, and you're not going to be able to get, go to rehab because your calf got hurt. And when you go to rehab, that's where you meet your wife. But, but you didn't know that because you're, you were like, I need to have a Mercedes. So when you ask petition, you're going to ask God, what do you want to do in my life? And God, in, and what do you want to do through? Let's all bow ahead and pray. Out loud, say, dear God, show me how you want me to be more like Jesus. Show me what you're doing in my heart. Holy Spirit, reveal to me what the Father wants to do through me. We are going to continue to pray and we're going to end it with thanking God all over again. Say, God, thank you that you are a righteous judge, a loving father, 
Jesus, thank you that you are my Savior, that you give me access to the Father. Holy Spirit, thank you that you live in me, that you guide me, direct me, empower me, fill me, speak to me, <laughs> give me gifts. Thank you that there's a plan for my life. Written in a book. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I just want you to listen for a minute. God loves every single one of you. And church was never meant to be a weekly meeting for meeting's sake. It is where we come to meet with God, fellowship with our brothers and sisters, be introduced to God, receive him as our savior. It's where we come to worship, all for the purpose that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven through the church. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar and all the campuses and get on your knees. If you're ready to say, Lord, I, I want to go to court every day. I want my prayer life to be more powerful, more relevant. I want to see supernatural change in my life. I don't want this to be another series. I just heard and then moved on. I want to see heaven on earth come to earth through my life, through my prayers, through my walk with God. It may be that you need Christ as your Savior. Maybe that you need prayer. Maybe that you just say, Lord, I'm ready to take my commitment to you to another level. So right now, as the eyes are closed, the heads are bowed. You can get on your knees right in your seat, but, but there's some of you who say, Lord, I, I need to walk out of my seat. I need to get, walk away from my current situation. And I need to walk into my future, my blessed future. So eyes closed, heads bowed. If you, if you, that represents you in all the campuses, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come down to the altar or kneel right where you're at because we're going to pray for you in a minute. Come out of your seat. Come on down to the altar. God bless you. Come on down to the altar. If you're saying yes, Lord, and yes, God bless you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Don't just get up. Just come. God has been speaking to you. God has spoken to you. He is speaking to you. God bless you. And just come out of your seat and get on your knees. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you're in a balcony, just come on down. Or you can get on your knees right in your seat. But some of you know you need to walk out of your comfort zone. You need to be, you need to take a stand publicly that you are walking away from your old life. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come out of your seat. Come out of your seat. Come on down here. God wants to do something powerful in your life. But in order for him to do something powerful in your life, you have to walk away from your old habits, your old perceptions, your old concept of who you are, your own concept, old concept of who God is. Just come out of your seat. Get on down to the altar. If you all in, this, in the aisle, come here. Can you all come in, in the aisle right here? Can you all come over here? Come, you all come over here in the aisle? Come on. Yes, yes. Come, come down to the front of the stage. We got 30 more seconds. We got all the campuses out there. If you're in other campuses, get on, get on your knees or come out of your, 
seat and come down to the altar. Anybody else? Come on down. Anybody else? Come on down. Ten more seconds. Just get up out of your seat. The Holy Spirit is calling you. Your heart's beating and the devil's saying, don't go down. What are you going to do? You're going to believe that contract that you don't have to get out of your seat? There's no magic to it. There's just power in it. <laughs> so get out of your seat. Obey God. It's all about being obedient. Obe obeying. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. Eyes closed, heads bowed. How many of y'all are kneeling in your seat where you're at? Let me see your hands if you're kneeling in your seat where you're at. Lord, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. Lord, we kneel before you humbly saying we have nowhere else to go. We kneel before you saying we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to engage. We don't know how to access power and revelation and clarity and anointing. But, Lord, over the last month we have learned some things about the courtroom of heaven. We have learned things about our agreements with the devil, how the Holy Spirit guides us. We've learned about our book. Lord, I pray, I pray that you give us supernatural unction and desire and passion to improve on our understanding and the mystery of our relationship and the power of our position in heaven. That we may see what the Bible says should be happening in our life, that we may see it in our life, in our church, in our city. Give us a desire for that. Give us a passion for that. Give us an interest in that. Give us a hunger and thirst for righteousness in our world, in our life, in our family. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.